Hello fans of music and cinema, this is Sachin, your host on Sachin on Cinema and Sound. I'm joined here today by my father. Hello everyone, this is Mike. We're doing another album review, and this time we're reviewing McCartney 2. This album was kick, uh, was made during a very interesting uh, time in Paul McCartney's career. Even though it's easy to assume that this was his second album, it was actually released in 1980. And it forms the second part of what is now known as the McCartney Trilogy. The first McCartney album was released in 1970 after the Beatles broke up. The second album in the McCartney Trilogy, which is the one we will be reviewing, was released in 1980 when his second band, Wings, was on the verge of breakup, and the third album in the McCartney trilogy, McCartney 3, was actually released last year. This is when the COVID pandemic first hit. So it's interesting to see when each of these albums took place, and something that they all have in common is that they were all uh, produced by McCartney himself, and he plays on every instrument on them. Hence why he decided to name them after himself, because if he's playing on every instrument and is producing the album himself, then it's pretty much as Paul McCartney as an album can get. I think that Linda McCartney did some backup vocals, but other than that, this is almost 100% Paul McCartney. Something else that all these albums actually have in common is that they, all, they were all chart, chart toppers in the UK. And I think that really shows, uh, demonstrates Paul's talent, the fact that he's able to make an album all by himself in 1970 and it hits number one in the UK, make an album all by himself in 1980, and again it hits number one, and then 40 years after that, in 2020, he's able to make an album all by himself, and again it hits number one in the UK. And this was an album that was recorded in his home studio. So it sounds like, at times, somebody that is uh, working at home in their basement uh, making noises. Uh, but uh, unlike most people that are doing that, it's Paul McCartney. And something else that kind of adds to that, or kind of explains that atmosphere of working in his uh, basement and home studio, is that this actually wasn't intended to be a, an album that, that, was like, that would be commercialized. Uh, as I mentioned, this was when Wings was on the verge of breakup, and Paul just kind of wanted to clear his mind by working on his, by working on, uh, just kind of fooling around in his studio, experimenting with synth with synthesizers, and he thought it would be, he would make like these fun, cool songs to play to family and friends in in the car and say, oh look at this little thing that I created here, but. They actually said, oh, well, this, here's your next album. This is, this is, they could mention that it was good enough to be released as his next album. And did the critics agree with that, Seth? They did not. <laughs> uh, well, first, I will say that before this album was released, Coming Up was released as a single, and Coming Up was ex an extremely popular song. This song received very, was very well received, and it even hit number one in the U.S. and number two in the U.K. It's one of those songs that when you hear it, it's hard to uh, get rid of it or have it leave your head for a number of days. Yeah, it's very catchy and it sounds uh, very contemporary. I think it demonstrates how Paul is able to really adapt to the times and keep coming up with hits. In fact, this was 
his music, his music partner during the Beatles, John Lennon, was on a five-year hiatus. Was on a hiatus of making music. The la- this is nineteen eighty. The last time he released music was nineteen seventy-five. He decided to just break from uh, making music so he could focus on being a house husband to his newly born uh, son, Sean. But after he heard the song in the car, he didn't realize it was McCarthy at first. And when he realized it, he was shocked. And this was a song that encouraged him to end his break and go back to making music. And that was when he created the album Double Fantasy. So John Lennon took a break from music uh, because of his young son. Uh, Paul McCartney, you might say, was very much influenced by having young children in his household. The songs in this album really are a bit more whimsical. Um, They uh, feature very simple rhyming schemes. uh, And uh, none of the songs really are very serious. It's really just uh, an album that uh, is something that you might write when you're surrounded by kids and, and have that kind of influence. Yeah, I agree. You can tell that Paul is kind of playing around here and just having fun as he's experimenting with making these different songs. And uh, on the album's inner sleeve, it shows a picture of Paul like in front of a synthesizer while one of his children is like tugging on his shirt, uh, yearning for his attention. And it really conveys a feeling of modesty and emphasizes how this was all made at home. Another song that was created during the sessions of this album, but released as a standalone single, is "Wonderful Christmas Time." And this song is one that, from these the sessions, has probably skewed the cast of time the best because uh, it's hard, it's like impossible to uh, not hear the song at some place during uh, December. By contrast, uh, Coming Up, even though it was a number one hit, isn't one that gets a lot of radio play these days. Uh, Some of this album has not aged well. Yeah, Uh, I think probably because of the heavy use of synthesizers, you can actually tell, I think, pretty easily at at Wonderful Christmas Time was made during these sessions because of the use of synthesizers, but even during... uh, And this album makes a very heavy use of synthesizers. Even in the first... Uh, song, which is the single coming up, there's some kind of manipulation done to Paul's voice to make it sound like higher pitched and sped up. And then the next song, which is Temporary Secretary, has this consistent kind of series of electronic beeps running throughout. And then the next song, um, On the Way, again, there's some kind of reverberation effect applied to Paul's voice. And I think that the fourth song, Waterfalls, is the first one that doesn't have a heavy use of synthesizers. You really get a sense of the pure singing voice of Paul McCartney on Waterfalls. It's probably the first time in the album that you get that. Yeah, his vocal performance on that song is very very beautiful, I would say. Although, Paul, as a lyricist overall, isn't the most talented lyricist. Sometimes you get a sense that he chooses words just because they rhyme with the one they rhyme with other lyrics of the song rather than actually making sense within the context. Absolutely. I think a lot of people have the sense that the Beatles were greater than the sum of their parts. 
And this is a good illustration of that. You take Lennon and McCartney, and I think that Lennon was uh, a brilliant lyricist uh, and had a way with words that McCartney didn't have, but McCartney had the ability to come up with really catchy tunes and melodies. You put them together, it was really an unbeatable combination. Uh, but McCartney on his own uh, just doesn't have that ability to uh, really uh, put together a story in his songs, the, especially in this album. It's really just uh, a sense of, uh, as I said before, uh, kind of whimsical melodies with some simple words and simple rhyming, rhyming schemes. And I don't think there's, I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with that. An example of this is with the song Temporary Secretary, which is filled with nonsense, but I think it's very self-aware that it is like a very nonsensical song. It's, no, the first lyrics are Mr. Marks, can you find for me someone strong and sweet fitting on my knee? It's all about a temporary secretary, and I don't think it's possible to, to write a meaningful song about something as specific and obscure as a temporary secretary. And that's a good example of why it's a song of its time. If you yeah. were to look for and hire a temporary secretary looking for somebody who'd be sweet, sweet fitting on your knee, you'd be sued very quickly. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it is a very catchy song, though, and definitely intended to be not really be taken out seriously. I think, uh, yeah, Waterfalls, though, we talked about where it's almost too much of a focus with the lyrics on the rhyming schemes, and uh, I think the last song on the album, One of These Gays, kind of faces similar problems in terms of the, of the lyrics. I read that this song was uh, made when Eher Krishna Kibodi visited Paul while he was uh, recording in the studio, and then after he left, Paul uh, was really felt very moved by the sort of atmosphere that that the visit created. Just this feeling of like kind of calmness and spirituality. So he created the song right after to kind of bring that essence into music. And I think in terms of the mel the melody and vocal performance, it does a very good job of kind of capturing the essence of like calming spirituality. And I think it is a really great song change off the album, even if, again, the lyrics don't make the, m the biggest sense. So overall, what's your impression of this album, Seth? Uh, well, first I will say that this album, coming off of Coming Up as a number one hit single, it was very, it sold very well when it was first released. It was number three in the US and number one in the UK, but and people thought it looked like it would be, it was on the track to have as many sales as his earlier album hit, Band on the Run. But it fell off the charts really quickly and it ended up being one of his worst selling albums. But since then, with the rise of digital computers and people using kind of synthesizers more often in their in their music, it has definitely achieved a kind of cult status. And I feel like this is the type of album that people either uh hate or they really love for all its kind of wacky weirdness. It's probably, the, I would argue that it is probably the most unique album in Paul's catalog with its heavy use of synthesizers and 
Uh, I've always felt this album was kind of a guilty pleasure of mine. I can't tell whether I like it unironically or ironically, but I just know that I really, uh, I really like it, even if it's, it's very, some of the songs are very nonsensical, again, like Temporary Secretary, but they're really fun to listen to, and just knowing that af after this, uh, with all of, like, the harsh criticism Paul faced for the critics, he went back, he made his next album, Tug of War, which was released two years after this album, and that album was produced by George Martin, which was the producer of the Beatles albums, and that album also features Ebony and I I Ivory, which was a collaboration with Stevie Wonder. So it's interesting how after this, Paul went back to a very to a much more commercial-sounding uh, collection of songs with like a professional pro producer and collaborating with these high-end musicians. And before this, Paul was... Overall, I do really like this album for its kind of unique placement in McCartney's catalog. And the reason why I wanted to review this album was because uh, the last album that was reviewed was The Beach Boys' Pet Sounds. And I mentioned in a review that that's one of my top three favorite albums of all time. And I want I was wondering thinking of what album I would do next, and I thought maybe one of my another one of my favorites, but I thought it would seem kind of ridiculous if I reviewed another album and said that this that's one of my favorites because then that would give the impression that I was just kind of throwing around uh, words of praise and and I I genuinely think that every album was within my top three, so I'm curious overall what do you think of it? Do you feel how many critics have the time felt or I enjoyed it if, if you are a uh, McCartney fan uh, you need to of course uh, listen to and appreciate the Beatles you need to listen to and appreciate Wings but you also need to appreciate his solo work and while this isn't an album that you know sticks with you and, and haunts you it's enjoyable to listen to uh, it's also fascinating based on your earlier story to realize that uh, because of this album, we have uh, Double Fantasy uh, uh, from John Lennon, uh, so we have Paul McCartney to thank for that, and that's an album that uh, sticks with you for, for quite a while, considering the historical significance of it. Thank you for joining me, Kike, and this was such an on cinema and sound. Thanks, everyone. Mm -hmm.